Well, indeed, how thankful uh, I am this morning for this nation, for our freedom, and for those who have served. We appreciate you so very much and appreciate those that uh, have given it all uh, the ultimate in protecting us from our freedom. And our hearts are humbled, and just uh, as you gather with family, uh, perhaps if you do that uh, today or maybe tomorrow, um, as you pray, uh, thank, thank God for our freedom and thank God for what we have that, I don't know about you, but I take it for granted because I've always known it. I've not known what it's like to live without it. And many times we take those things for granted. And so uh, let's thank the Lord uh, this morning for the freedom that we have and ask that we would not take it for granted. Ask that he would help us to fix our eyes upon him as a nation. That's what we've been talking about here on Sunday mornings for a while. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. And this series comes to a close this morning. And I hope and I pray that it has been a help to you, that God's word has strengthened you and encouraged you. I know that it has helped me to keep my eyes on Jesus. I have heard from a number of folks during this series that have mentioned how they've had hurtful experiences in the church and, uh, and, and in life. And at times that has caused them to slow down in this race a little bit. And that God's word has encouraged their hearts during this time to take their eyes off of whatever it was that got them sidetracked or slowed them down and to put them back on Jesus. And so I hope and pray uh, that this series has helped you in that way, perhaps as well. Um, as we close out this morning, we're going to be back in Hebrews chapter 12. Brother Brian has read that uh, text for us, and uh, I will not reread it. We will just dive in here in a moment. But I do want to point your attention to the fact that this morning, we're going to close out this series by considering the subject of perseverance of endurance, of just hanging in there, of sticking to it, of continuing to run even when our legs are tired, even when we don't feel like we can take another breath, when our heart's pounding, uh, ha hanging in there, refusing to throw in the towel, just, just continuing to trust Jesus and just con continuing to serve Jesus even when it's not easy. We're, we're talking about endurance this morning. We're talking about perseverance this morning. I've collected stories over the years of inspiring examples of perseverance. And one of my favorites is the story of Wilma Rudolph. Uh, Wilma Rudolph was the 20th of 22 children in her family. She was born prematurely and doctors did not expect her to survive. But she did. At the age of four, she contracted double pneumonia and scarlet fever, which left her with her left leg paralyzed. At the age of nine, she removed the metal leg brace that she had depended on for the past five years, and she began walking a little bit without it. By the age of 13, she had developed a, a rhythmic walk, which the doctor said was in and of itself a miracle. That same year, she decided that she wanted to start running. So she entered her first race, and she came in last place. 
For the next three years, she came in dead last in every single race that she entered. But church, she kept on running. And one day, she won her first race. Eventually, the little girl who was not even supposed to live, was not supposed to walk, and certainly was not supposed to run, would go on to win three Olympic medals because she didn't stop trying to take that next step. We're talking about perseverance this morning. We're talking about endurance this morning. What a powerful picture of endurance from the life of Wilma Rudolph. And this morning I want to speak to you, especially if you're tired, if you're wore out, if you're exhausted, if you're drained, if you feel like you're about ready to give up in this race. I want to speak especially to you. And I want us to ask the question and hopefully answer it. What do I do when I'm spiritually tired? What do I do when I'm spiritually tired? That's the question that hopefully we're going to answer this morning in our time together. Again, if you have a copy of God's Word with you this morning, turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 this morning. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Now, as we answer the question, what, what should I do? What do I do when I'm tired? What I want to call our attention to is exactly what this text calls us to do, I think, when we're tired, when we're worn out. And that is look to Jesus. And I want to talk about what it means to look to Jesus. And this morning, the first thing that I would, I would just tell us when, when we're tired is it's important for us to be honest about it. And it's important for us to call on the name of the Lord, to call on Jesus. I believe that this text in front of us encourages us in a couple of ways as to what happens when we call on Jesus, all right? Number one, uh, verse three of your, your, two and three of your Bible, I believe that when we call on Jesus, we'll, we'll find ourselves inspired. I believe we'll find ourselves encouraged. Uh, Verse 2 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And then it says, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Then notice this, verse 3. Again, in a little different way, it says, consider him. That's much like fixing our eyes on Jesus. It says, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I believe the writer of Hebrews, first of all, is saying, I can be inspired when I look to the example in the person of Jesus Christ. I can be encouraged when I look to the person and to the example of Jesus Christ. He endured such opposition. No one's ever endured more opposition to a mission or a vision than Jesus himself. When you think about Jesus, when you study him in the Gospels, when you consider him, when you fix your eyes upon him, 
we are reminded that he had to endure. He had to look past others and he had to persevere being hurt by others on his way to the cross. He had to look beyond being rejected by his hometown. He had to look beyond being looked down upon by his own family. He had to look beyond being demonized by the religious leaders. He had to look beyond being denied by Peter. He had to look beyond being betrayed by Judas. He had to look beyond being mocked and crucified by the so-called people of God. When we look to Jesus, we have a counselor who understands what it's like to go through a difficult time. And he can inspire and he can encourage us through that. But that's not all. There's something else that I see in this text. Not only does Jesus inspire us or encourage us when we look to him for strength or when we look to him uh, for help when we're tired, a second thing I see is that he empowers us. Look with me in verse 2 of your Bible. I want us to see how Jesus empowers us. Here, after calling upon us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the writer of Hebrews calls him the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Or in other words, he is the author and he's the finisher of our faith. And this calls us to recognize this. He, my friend, he is the one who put us in this race in the first place, and it is he who's going to get us to the finish line. This text reminds us of Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, I believe. It's by grace that we're saved through faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast. He's the author of my faith. He's the author of your faith. I am not saved this morning because I'm a good guy. You are not saved this morning because you're a good guy or you're a good girl. We are saved this morning by the grace of God through faith alone in the person of Jesus Christ alone this morning. He is the author of our faith. He got us in this race and he is going to see us to the finish line. And the writer of Hebrews is just reminding us of that. When we get tired, it might be that we have forgotten who put us in this race and who's going to get us to the finish line. He's the finisher of our faith, the perfecter of our faith. It's a reminder that on our own, guess what? Here's what I see. I don't think it's implicit. I think it's explicit. A reminder that apart from him, we would not be able to finish this race. He's the one who starts it for us, puts us in it, and he is the one who causes us to cross the finish line. This reminds me of this. Uh, the one who saves us is the one who keeps us. Can somebody say amen? The one who saves us is the one who keeps us. I'm so thankful this morning that because of the grace of God, I cannot lose my salvation. Can somebody say amen? I'm so thankful. I lose all kind of things. If I could lose my salvation, I would. Amen, somebody? Huh? I cannot lose my salvation. John chapter 10, 27 through 30 makes this crystal clear. Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. And I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. 
No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who's given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Somebody say amen. That's some pretty good stuff. There's a lot we worry about. There's a lot that can stress us out. But I don't have to worry about losing my salvation this morning. The one who got me in this race is going to get me across the finish line. And the writer of Hebrews reminds us of that when we're growing weary, when we're growing tired. We need to look to the one who saved us and who can get us across the finish line. When's the last time you called on the name of the Lord during a difficult time? Is that your spiritual default level to call on the name of the Lord? I'm so thankful this morning that when we call on the name of the Lord, when we're weak, when we're tired, when we're frustrated, when we're bitter, when we're lonely, I'm so thankful that when we call upon Him, He always hears us and He always answers. He's always there this morning, church. He's always there. And what a joy to know that in this day and age in which so many times, and let me get into something that is so frustrating, so many times when we call up in this day and age, so many times when we call up someone, maybe uh, we're having to do business or sort out a bill we've got and we're having to call a company or we're having to call a business, so many times more and more and more it's difficult to even talk to a real person on the other line. Are you, are you with me in that frustration? I don't know about you. I know it's 2018, but I still don't like talking to robots. Hmm? I, I, don't, I just I struggle. I get frustrated. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever called a company uh, up and had a robot satisfactorily answer my issue. I just don't think it's ever happened. It's kind of crazy what's going on in this day and age. And it's sad in some ways. There was a recent report that was put out. Listen to this. In the next 15 years, PwC put this out. In the next 15 years, 38% of jobs in the U.S. are at high risk of being replaced by robots. 38%. That's their prediction. I don't like talking to robots. I like talking to people. When I talk, I like talking to people. Um, I thank God for technology. I'm not against technology. Uh, we had a funny situation that happened with technology uh, about a year ago in our 2BC 101 class. You all uh, that have an Apple phone, you're familiar with the robot we talk to a lot on our phone. You ever got on and talked to Siri? Raise your hand if you've got on and talked to Siri on your... Raise them up. Don't be ashamed. I'm not preaching against you. I've done it. Yeah, we, we've talked to Siri, right? She gets maybe gets this direction somewhere or pulls a phone number up. Well, we had a funny situation in our Wednesday night 2BC 101 uh, Benny Dukes uh, opened us up in a word of prayer and little did we know that somebody had kind of adjusted and they had activated Siri in their pocket and we didn't know that until uh, Benny Dukes opens us up in prayer and he says dear Lord we come before you tonight and Siri on the phone said I did not get that and I thought we're not talking to you <laughs> I did not get that. Aren't you thankful you never get that response when you dial up heaven? Come on, somebody. Wake up. Hello. I'm thankful this morning that when I call up the Lord God in prayer, when I come by faith 
and I come in Jesus' name and I approach the throne of God, I'm so thankful this morning that I never get a response. I did not get that. I'm so thankful this morning that when I come to the Lord, He hears me, He strengthens me, He inspires me, He empowers me, He encourages me, and He'll never need robots to answer His prayers. Would you look to Jesus this morning if you're tired? Would you call on the name of the Lord this morning if you're tired? Would you pray? Would you seek his face? Would you talk to the Lord? Would you recognize that he's there to inspire? He's there to encourage? He's there to empower us? Because the truth is we desperately need him because life is tough. Following Jesus is tough. I see that in this text. And that's why it's important for us just to be honest. Just to be honest with the challenges that we face in life. And when we get tired and when we get weak, it's important to be honest with each other. And it's important to be honest with God. Look with me in your text, if you would, at some indications here that we're going to get tired. That, that, that we're going we're gonna to get weary sometimes. First of all, verse 1. After calling upon us to throw off everything that hinders in the sin that so easily entangles, the writer of Hebrews says, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. What he's saying by the word perseverance, by the way, the, the word perseverance, it's a Greek word that pictures someone who's standing strong and firm while shouldering a heavy load. And, and so I've told you this text is teaching that following Jesus is not a sprint, it's a marathon. And it lasts all of our lifetime. And so we're called to run with perseverance. We're, we're called to run with endurance. That's telling us, expect that at times, because there's a devil, because we have an enemy, because one of our greatest, by the way, one of my greatest enemies, I hope you'll say amen and get behind me on this. One of my greatest enemies is not only the devil, it's my own flesh. It's my own sin nature. It's that part of me that I don't think will be eradicated till I get to heaven. And we wrestle with that and we struggle with that each and every day. And it wears us down and it makes us tired. And so we've got to run with endurance. Notice this. Last part, of, look at verse 3. I want you to notice verse 3. After saying, consider him or look to him, focus on, contemplate him who endured such opposition from sinners, the Bible says, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So fixing our eyes on Jesus and calling on the name of the Lord and looking to Him strengthens us and encourages us. And if we don't do that, then what's going to happen? We're going to get weary. We're going to lose heart. It's a word for wa wavering commitment is, is what that word means. Wavering commitment. And so the text makes it clear that, that this is tough, that sometimes it's going to be a challenge. And, and I have believed for a long time that the church needs a revival in just being honest sometimes with one another. We, we, need, we need a revival in just being real. 
and me just feeling like if I'm going through a tough time, I can tell somebody about it. And they're not going to look down upon me. They're not going to preach to me. They may encourage me through the word of God, but I believe we need a revival in just being real and being honest. If you agree with me this morning, could you let me know in some way? Yeah. Just, just being real. J- just saying this. Um, we, we, can't, we can't determine what's going to happen in other churches, but we can say as the Lord moves through us, a Second Baptist church is going to be a mask-free zone. We're going to take our mask off when we come in here. And we're just going to be real. And we're just going to be honest. And we're just going to encourage one another. We're going to help each other through things. We need a revival in being honest and being real. I can't tell you how many times, where do we learn to not be real? Well, I, I learned it kind of from growing up in some ways. And I'm not picking on my household. I'm sure not picking on my parents. Love my parents and appreciate them so much. But how many of you know, because we have a devil, sometimes Sunday morning are some of the toughest days of the week, huh? Fight, the devil fighting you coming to church. I, can I get an amen from parents this morning, huh? Parents with young kids, yeah. Get behind your pastor this morning. Sunday morning can be one of the most difficult times of the week. And I can remember growing up as a kid. I can remember uh, what a war it was sometimes to wake me and my sister Kelly uh, up out of bed on Sunday morning. It was like pulling teeth to get us up out of bed. And then we were picking at each other. Any of you have a sibling you picked at, messed with, bothered? Yeah. All right. I had one of those. It was always her fault. She always instigated. She was the initiator. Y'all believe that? Amen. Right. Yeah. Okay. Got one. All right. So it was always her fault. Uh, you know, she was chewing her cereal too loud at the breakfast table. She would always get the last donut and she would drink all the milk, right? And so we were at each other. It happened all the way to church. Uh, Mom, Kelly's legs on my side of the car. Mom, Dad, Kevin's looking at me. Mom, Dad, Kelly's making faces at me. Tell her to stop looking at me. And we'd get out of the car and Mom and Dad, you know, you'll get away from each other. Stop messing with each other. We're going to church. We're going to love the Lord. We're going to worship. We're going to have a good time, right? We're going to be spiritual. And, and y'all stop messing with you. You'll be grounded for a week, right? If you don't knock it off, we walk in there. How you doing, Mr. and Miss Milburn? Never been better. Hashtag blessed. Amen. And I watched that as a kid every Sunday. And, and I'm not criticizing my mom and dad. I, I'm identifying the fact that for probably a lot of us, this is an issue. And it's why we struggle sometimes opening up to one another. I got a feeling in some churches sometimes if you were to come in and somebody were to say, how you doing, brother? And you were to say, I'm rotten. They might say, amen, amen, praise the Lord, and just keep on going. Try it. Somebody try that sometime. Try it on me. You might get me on that, by the way, huh? But that's not the way it should be. And here's where I'm going with this. I think sometimes that's why it's tough to be honest even with the Lord. We, we wear masks. We pretend. And I just don't think we can run this race the way Jesus wants to pretending. I think we get tired. I think we get worn out. I think we get bitter. I think our knees get weak. And I think we hit the wall spiritually. And this morning, can I just encourage you, be honest if you're tired. 
Call on the name of the Lord. Call on a friend. Let somebody in your Sunday school class know. Let your Sunday school teacher know. Let our staff know. If you're tired, if you're wore out. This morning, this text encourages us, I believe, to be honest about it, to look to Jesus, to contemplate Jesus, to fix our eyes upon Jesus. And I believe with all of my heart, as I draw to a close this morning, I believe with all of my heart that when we call upon the name of Jesus, when we look to Jesus, he really does strengthen us. He really does encourage us. He really does help us across that finish line. And by the way, without his help, we would not be able to do it at all. Fix your eyes on Jesus. That's it. I'm about done. Fix your eyes on Jesus. This series comes to a close, but don't stop fixing your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes off of circumstances Get your eyes off of the things the enemy wants to stress us out about. Get your eyes off people and put them on Jesus. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Let's meditate upon him. Let's look to him. Because when we don't, we sink. I'll give you an example of that and I'll close. Matthew chapter 14, verses 29 through 30. Jesus is dazzling the disciples with his supernatural ability. And he, during a storm, uh, calls upon Peter to walk out on the water, to come to him. And Peter is gazing upon Jesus and he begins to walk on the water in a supernatural way. And the Bible says in verse 29 that he came toward Jesus. But notice verse 30, because this is where so many of us are today. Verse 30, but when he saw the wind, now what did he see? Well, he, he saw the, the rain not coming down. He saw the wind, I think, blowing the rain sideways. Uh, when he saw the wind, what did he see the wind doing? He saw the waves, right? So what the Word of God is saying is you, 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 he took his eyes off of Jesus. We can't look to the waves and the wind and the storm and also look to Jesus at the same time. When we take our eyes off of Jesus and we look at all the other stuff, what happens? Well, the Bible says, look at this. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. When we look to Jesus, we will stand. And when we look away from Jesus, we will sink. Lift your head up, child of God. Lift your head up, my friend. Lift your head up, brothers and sisters in Christ, and see Jesus. And by his grace, persevere. And by his grace, endure. And by his grace, say, I won't give up. I won't throw in the towel. I won't stop worshiping. I won't disengage from service. You won't find me on the sidelines, and it won't be because of me. It'll be because of Jesus. Let's persevere.
This morning as we close, I've collected all kinds, I said I've collected all kinds of stories of perseverance. Uh, a few of my favorites are, are these, those that just endured uh, after setback, after setback, after setback. A couple of them are secular. One is from the church. Uh, one is Dr. Seuss. Raise your hand if you've heard of Dr. Seuss before, right? Uh, do you know this about Dr. Seuss? He was rejected by 27 publishers for his first book. But he kept risking failure and rejection before the 28th publisher sold 6 million copies of, you know, and to think I saw it on Mulberry Street. He didn't stop running. How about this story of perseverance? You know this one, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team, but he kept playing, he kept shooting, and in time he became one of the greats because he didn't stop running. Billy Graham, raise your hand if you've heard of Billy Graham, huh? Billy Graham said that when he was asked to preach his first sermon, that he had four sermons prepared, and he was going back and forth between those four sermons. And he says that as they called his name and he walked up to the pulpit, he, did not, he still did not know which one uh, of those four sermons that God wanted him to preach, so he just preached all four of them that day. Didn't want to miss it. And he said he did it in under 10 minutes because he was so nervous. He said, I sat down and I was so embarrassed and I was so humiliated that I said, I can never get back up and preach again. But aren't you glad he did get up again? I hope you'll get up. If you have to again and again and again and again and again, I hope you'll keep getting up and be reminded that he who called you is faithful. And he who began a good work in you, he will complete it till the very end. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise that we're not in this alone. We give you thanks and praise that you are indeed the author and the finisher of our faith. You're the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. And Lord, we don't have to walk alone. God, I ask this morning that you would strengthen us, that you would encourage us. In a congregation this size, there's probably, there's got to be at least one person, God, who's just tired. They're tired. They're weary. Spiritually, they've hit the wall. And they don't feel like they can go another mile. God, would you move their eyes off of whatever's causing them struggle, whatever's causing them pain. And Lord, would you, would you cause them to fix their eyes on Jesus? May we all fix our eyes on Jesus, God. May we see you enduring the shame of the cross, becoming a curse for us. Jesus, would you move us in this moment to see you on that cross with the crown of thorns on your brow, with nails in your hands and your feet, with, with the words, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, flowing from your mouth. The words, it is finished, Lord, etched on our hearts and our soul, being reminded, Lord, that you paid the price for our sins. Lord, may we see you in your resurrection. May we see the tomb empty. Lord, may we see you this morning in all of your glory, holding our hand 
picking us up and carrying us to the finish line. Lord, may we fix our eyes on Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. If you're here this morning and you need to be saved, if you've been saved but are still delaying in taking that very next step, which is following the Lord in believers' baptism, if you are here and you really don't have a home church but you recognize you need one and maybe God's been calling you to make Second Baptist your church home, if you have a burden, something you would like to come and just give to the Lord and just lay it here at this altar and say, God, this is yours. This is a place I'm laying down my burden. I'm laying down my stress. I'm laying down my anxiety. Whatever it is, that's what the invitation time is for. And so as we stand and as we sing, would you worship? Would you call on the Lord? And would you come if God's speaking to you? Let's stand and let's sing.